Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our bonus episode of the week, as we are all set to share with you our insight on today's free agent introductory press conference, as well as give you our analysis of the Chase Daniel signing and the players that the Bears have resigned. Oh, and right before we went live, of course, the Bears come to agreement with an edge defender. His name is Aaron Lynch from San Francisco, so we'll briefly touch on him at the end of the show. I'm Harold Soldowit, and I'm accompanied by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. Guys, throughout the last couple of days, I've just been kind of reminiscing about our time at the Combine when we got to meet Coach Nagy, Ryan Pace. And when we all met Ryan Pace, we all three felt that genuine excitement from the Bears GM. And I want to know, and Brandon, I'm going to go to you first. Do you think that he kind of had a hunch that he was about to make this big-time splash in free agency? Oh, I bet he was he had some sort of plan, some good things going on, and now it's, it's starting to come to fruition. It's really exciting for us to see now. Yeah, Nick? I, I had an idea that he would be aggressive, and I mean, I wrote an article about that he should be, and, you know, he really proved that he was, and I'm glad. I mean, the players that he got really are going to help his team. So, yeah, I had a feeling he was going to be aggressive, and I'm glad he took that approach this time in free agency. Yeah, I think it's the perfect time to make what he's been calling those calculated risks, those calculated moves. And we talked about that pretty much in depth on Tuesday night about all these signings and just how excited we are. So if you missed that episode, definitely go back. That one was full of a bunch of information about these players. But earlier today, our Bears introduced those five new players as Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, Cody Parkey, 
Taylor Gabriel and Chase Daniel all took turns speaking to the Chicago media in addition to both. Oh, well, actually, not both. I had Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I actually anticipated Nagy to talk. He did not. So only Ryan Pace. He began the whole shebang earlier today. But guys, we're going to get to each player in the moment. But first, I want to kind of talk about the overarching theme that I thought was echoed throughout the entire press conference. And that was that. There's no other important person on this roster or none other or no player that is more important than Mitchell Trubisky. And it just makes all the sense in the world. It started with Ryan Pace. He started uh, talking about how each one of these players came here to help Trubisky, especially Daniel in that quarterback room. And additionally, everybody, well, besides Parkey, because he is the kicker, said at one point or another that Mitch is not only a reason why they came to Chicago, but that they are here to help him and believe that together that this team, this offense can thrive. Brandon, I know you were able to live stream the press conference earlier today. Did that Was that your biggest takeaway or did something else stick out to you? Uh, yeah, it was a lot of Mitch Trubisky. Uh, we're we're here to help him. We like what he what we see. A lot of potential in him, but also uh, mostly from the receivers, uh, Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson, even Trey Burton was. You know, they wanted to be a part of Nagy's creative offense. Uh, so that also had me excited. It wasn't just wasn't just the quarterback, although he's a big selling point, uh, but also the coach is a selling point as well. Exactly. Again, I think it's the Bears this offseason, every move from Coach Nagy to Mark Helfrich, you know, Harry Heisett, the offensive line coach as well. They just all are coming together to be, make Chicago the most attractive as a destination as they've been in quite some time. But let's go ahead and just begin with Ryan Pace because he was the first to speak today. And I'm going to begin with the fact that he said that he personally did feel a different vibe throughout this offseason, that players wanted to be in Chicago and that he, the coaches and the scouts were we're all on United and who they kind of wanted to go out there and get. And they were able to land those players. He said that a week ago, if you would have told him this would have been his first five, that they would have been all for it. Nick, I know you weren't able to listen to the press conference today as you were busy at work, but how does that resonate to you? Just hearing those words. I mean, that's, that's great. And I, I was able to watch a little bit of um, Ryan or Alan Robinson and think the the big thing here is that Ryan Pace was able to nail these free agents because they actually wanted to come to Chicago. There was a reason to come to Chicago. The head coach was a big thing that Alan Robinson talked about. I thought that was interesting. Um, he wants to play in that versatility, but uh, just with Pace being able to nail these free agents, people that he wanted to have in this offense that fit this mold that what he's trying to bring here in Chicago, that's a great sign for them. And I think now, because last season, Pace missed out on some of those top-tier Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Free agents. This time he got him. So that's showing that Chicago is a place that people want to play for. It's a great city, but now it can possibly be a great football town. So you're telling me Mike Glennon wasn't a top tier free agent? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to. No, not at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I figured as such. All right. So, Brandon, I'm going to go over to you uh, in terms of Ryan Pace. Was there anything else that kind of stuck out about what he had to say today? Yeah, one of the reporters asked him about Allen Robinson's timeline for return. And all he said was that he feels good about it. Uh, so that kind of tells me that. He's on pace to be able to play at the beginning of the season, which is a good sign. And also he said he's still a fan of Deion Sims. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it tells me that I think he's going to stick around. 
Well, that's what I actually had that question coming up here for later for Nick, but I mean, you mentioned it, so you might as well do it now. Nick, do you buy or sell that? Because I take it as I think he's just trying to like bolster his trade value before they have to give him that roster bonus. I think that comes tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Or do you think Pace could still be excited about Sims? I, when I first heard it, I was like, huh? And then I kind of came to the realization that, you know, maybe they're looking for, you know, some suitors in the trade market and that might be a way to do so. I think I remember I was on Twitter, like not very much today, but I thought I remember seeing that uh, someone tweeted out that it reminded uh, Pace said that, you know, having Sims kind of reminds him of what the the Eagles kind of did. They had three tight ends. Maybe that's why he thinks Deion Sims has value on this team more that blocking tight end. What Brent Selleck was to the Eagles. And now you have Trey Burton playing the same role. And then you have Adam Shaheen. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't believe Deion Sims. Uh, there's room for him on the team. I think you take away from Adam Shaheen, Trey Burton, what they can do, even though Deion Sims is more of that blocking tight end. But who knows? If Pace says he likes him and, you know, he, he mentioned the Eagles and how they won a Super Bowl that way with three tight ends, maybe the, the Bears do end up keeping him. But I know I'm not a fan. Yeah, I don't think any of us really want to stomach paying him i think what he counts about six million against the cap this year it's a lot of money for a guy who didn't do a whole lot last year and now with shaheen burton i don't know exactly what kind of role he would have in this offense and if he's gonna do a selic role that's a lot of money just for a tight end to come in there and be that blocking kind of guy but uh so brandon before i go back to you i'm just gonna kind of do like a bullet rundown of some things i took away for that way if anyone listening who wasn't able to kind of catch the press conference can uh, go ahead and quickly get caught up in terms of at least Ryan Pace right now. Uh, he said that he wanted to create stability at the kicker position, and it was a priority, which is something that we talked about on Tuesday, that the stability, the consistency at kicker is a huge you know, role for this team that we haven't been able to fill since Robbie Gold left. So to me, that was good that he said those words that we echoed. He mentioned that there are still positions of need. He said he wanted to add like an you know, outside linebacker via free agency. A couple hours later, you know, here came Lynch. So that came to fruition really quickly. Uh, he reiterated the fact that uh, the draft is the primary mode that he wants to add talent to this roster. He said that Coach Negi is very excited to be utilizing a player such as Trey Burton. And speaking of tight ends, he says that he sees no problem getting Burton and Shaheen involved together. And that combining those two, it's uh, they kind of fit together nicely. And they see that being kind of like in the Bears' advantage. And he also mentioned Chase Daniel a little bit, saying that having him there in that quarterback room is very beneficial. And he likes the experience that he also has with quarterbacks, such as Alex Smith and Drew Brees. And Nick, I'm going to go to you in terms of that experience with Chase Daniel. Do you think that can actually uh, be one of those underrated aspects because he's worked with Alex Smith in this offense. And of course, Drew Brees is you know going to be a future hall of fame quarterback. How much can that translate over to Trubisky in your well opinion? We saw what Mark Sanchez kind of was like for, you know, uh, Trubisky and just being that mentor. But now having more experience actually in the playing styles of like these offenses, I think he was also in Philadelphia for one year. Um, so with Doug Peterson, who also around that same Andy Reid coach tree, that kind of offense that orients around the RPO West Coast kind of thing. So I think uh, Chase Daniels bringing in that veteran guy who has been around one really good quarterbacks and two systems that Mitch Trubisky is going to play in now this season. That's going to be great. Uh, play great dividends throughout the season. So, you know, Trubisky's not seeing something on the field. You can go to Daniels. Obviously, well, we don't know if uh, Sanchez will be there, but Daniels is a guy. Hey, I've, I've been in these looks. I've been in these kind of situations where I've seen other quarterbacks, you know, take these reps and see what they've done right the way. You can give those pointers to him. I think having, again, we talked about this in previous podcasts, but having a guy um, who has a great mind, who has been, you know, has a good amount of experience, bringing him into your team is never a bad idea. So I think that's going to be a good thing for Mitch Trubisky. 
No doubt. And we're going to talk about Daniel here coming up later on in the show. Uh, Brandon, before we move on to uh, AR-12, that's right, AR-12, I want to know, do you have any other final thoughts on Ryan Pace's comments? Uh, just the one thing that he's highlighted since he's been here in Chicago is that he says he uses free agency to try and take best player available in the draft, which is the way that he says they're trying to build those teams. So he's just uh, mirrored what he's going to continue to try and do here in Chicago as far as building the team up. Exactly, exactly. All right, so again, let's go ahead and move on to AR-12. And yeah, that's right. At least as it stands today, Robinson, he says he's going to be sporting that number 12. He says that he's okay with it. In fact, he's embracing it. He really wanted that fresh start. Nick looks puzzled down there. Uh, yeah, a little bit of news for him. Uh, so let's all hope that he does a little bit more than the last number 12. Although I think even Nick, couldn't you go out there and produce more than Marcus Wheaton? I'm pretty sure I can. I have a football right in my hands. I can show you how to catch the ball properly and make the secure catch and actually do something on the field. But yeah, hopefully he does produce more than the last number 12 for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't again. I don't think he can do any less. But Brandon, over to you, uh, Alan Robinson, your top takeaway. Uh, he, I don't want to say necessarily it's my top takeaway, but something I found was interesting. That he's a fan of Randy Moss and, you know, Alan Robinson, as big as he is, kind of can kind of mirror what Randy Moss did, I think. I mean, I don't know necessarily he's there, but he's got the potential to do it. Uh, but the one thing that I talked about earlier, uh, Matt Nagy selling the team, uh, he said he wanted to play in here in Chicago because the offense just looks fun after he's seen uh, the way Kansas City played with you. He said he was injured, was able to take in, you know, a lot more football, which include watching Kansas City. And he says that offense looks like a lot of fun. And then when he sees that Nagy's coming here to Chicago to be head coach, he thought this would be a great opportunity for him. So I was, I was pretty happy to hear that. Yeah, it was interesting. You talked about how he had to sit out all of last year, of course, with that ACL. And he talked about how much he, how much more football he was able to kind of like digest around the league. Because, of course, when you're in the grind, you're just focusing on, you know, your opponent each and every week. But on top of that, towards the end of his uh his time at the podium, he just talked about how much he loves watching football. He really sound sounds like a student of the game. And you gotta believe that's a big reason why the Bears pushed hard for him. You know, a player like that. Uh, it's going to be someone that players are going to strive to emulate that kind of passion. And honestly, passion is something that you can't coach. It's one of those uncoachable traits that players, you know, in, inherit and they embody inside of themselves. So for me, his passion for this game is something that kind of stuck out as well. Uh, Speaking of sound real quick, uh, did you just kind of notice his body language when he was up there? He walked up to the podium and the first question, he's already got a huge smile on his face. Like he just sounded and looked like he wants to be here, which is also another selling point. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, anytime that someone steps up to the podium first time as a Chicago bear and uh, one of their comments, I think like halfway through is uh, I want to retire a Chicago bear. Yep. That just shows how much he wants to be here, how much he trusts on what's kind of, you know, brewing here in Hallis Hall. And for him to come out there and say, you know what, this is where I want to end my career. Of course, that's something that excites me. Nick, does that excite you? Oh, yeah. And I would definitely be smiling, too, if I was. I mean, he's only a year older than me making millions of dollars. So that's another incentive <laughs> to be smiling and at the podium. But, yeah, no, it's great to hear what um, Al, obviously Allen Robinson's excited. He's he's help, hopeful that this offense with the versatility that he brings and the versatility that that offense has, it's going to coincide and make great things happen in 2018 for the Bears. But, yeah, it's exciting. AR 12, though, I, I didn't know that he was going to change the 12. So, I mean, that's that's interesting in itself. but. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to see what this guy can do. I, and it sounds like uh, just from the brief uh, time I was watching his press conference today, he sounds like uh, the injury not going to be an issue, going to be ready for training camp, get that chemistry going with Mitch Trubisky. It's going to be great to see. 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting that he said, yeah, I'll be ready for camp. And Pace was kind of like, eh, I don't know exactly when he'll be available, but I have confidence that he'll be fine. And then he came up like 25, 30 minutes later, like, yeah, I'll be fine for camp. Don't worry about it, guys. So I'm not really too worried about his ACL. In fact, uh, in terms of like, if he's able to rebound from this injury, I forgot what reporter asked him, but he said, like, how do you know that you're not going to have a setback? How do you know that you're going to be able to go out there and be able to perform like you did in 2015, 2016? He's like, I just know myself. I trust myself. And that's something that, you know, nobody knows besides Robinson in terms of his own body. And that's okay. And honestly, if he trusts himself, Pace trusts him. In turn, Bears fans should trust Allen Robinson as well. But yeah, speaking of that 2016-2015, Nick, we mentioned it last week, right? 2015, that huge year for Robinson. 2016, his numbers kind of took a dive. Something I wanted to share with you is he said that even though his numbers kind of took that dip, looking back at his tape and just knowing himself that he knows he was a better player, just the stats didn't indicate that. And he's not really too big on his stats. He said he'll do whatever it takes to help the Bears win. What is your initial reaction hearing that? Um, you know, I think I any player that really comes to a new organization, if they sound like they're selfish, like, you know, I want to get a 1000 yard receiver. I think that's the best. That's definitely the best answer to give. You're for the, you're here for the team, for to the success of the team to be, you know, obviously successful in the, the future. You want to help them. I think the big thing he said, if I remember correctly, he wants to help them win games. It's not about what he wants to do individually. He just knows he's capable of making the big play. And if that equates to, how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. The Bears winning more games. He's all for it, which shows that he's not. He's a number one receiver, but he's not going to be selfish with it. Hopefully we don't see him like if he's not getting the ball. It's going to be a diva about it. I mean, wide receivers, that's kind of what they are. So and most of them. But it's great that he's for the team and not for himself. Exactly. And Nick, you know a thing or two about divas, right? <laughs> I, I, apparently I do. I mean, I like soft jeans and that makes me a diva. So. It does. It absolutely does. That's in part of the definition in the dictionary as well. But Brandon, how about you? Anything else on Robinson you want to hit on? Uh, we talked about it before we went live, how he was watching Trubisky in a night game, which he said was against Green Bay. It wasn't against Green Bay. Uh, but he said he saw a lot of good things, which again, something we talked about earlier, just to kind of mirror it. This is the first guy out of many that said they see a lot of potential in Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was, honestly, that was my big takeaway. And speaking of Trubisky, he was one of those players said, you know, my number one job is to come here and make things easier for Trubisky. That's my number one thing. As soon as I'm on that field, I want to make it easy for him. And he mentioned that in terms of like how he fits in his offense, he says he expects to play both inside and outside like he did in Jacksonville. Um, it goes back even Taylor Gabriel, who we haven't mentioned yet. He said the same thing when he was in Atlanta. He can play inside, he can play outside. And I think he actually played more on lining up on the outside than he did as a slot receiver. So it just shows what kind of versatility, what kind of mismatches the Bears are going to be trying to bring here with this new look offense, not just with the players, but how they have them lined up in the formations. And speaking of versatility, which was a huge theme on our last show when we are talking about these players, he mentioned that he's a great route runner. He's going to create havoc for DBs, and he can also help out the offense with those deep shots and also in the short game you know those uh third and four you get that little quick five yard out move the sticks that's what we want robinson to do but uh yeah that's pretty much my big things on robinson so let's go ahead and move on to trey burton and with him my largest takeaway is that 
he is just excited for this opportunity to play more. Something that we talked about again on Tuesday, that he's excited to come to a team with a tradition such as the Bears, and he wants to kind of now model his game after his now former teammate, Zach Ertz. Nick, Trey Burton wants to become the next Zach Ertz. How does that make you feel? I'm perfectly fine with that. He can be Zach Ertz if uh, that would be perfect for this offense because, I mean, that's what this offense is going to need, a tight end that can stretch the field vertically. You can line him up anywhere. But, yeah, that's a great role model to have. And, you know, if Adam Shaheen wants to be a Zach Ertz, if they all want to be Zach Ertz, that'd be <laughs> perfect. But, yeah, that's a great role model to have. And with this offense, who knows, man? I mean, he's getting paid uh, like one of the top one of the top tight ends in this league. So, uh, hopefully, he does can get somewhere close to that. No doubt about it. What about you, B? Where do you want to take this conversation? One of the biggest things I took away, it wasn't even what Burton said. It was what Ryan Pace said and how he reacted to talking about Trey Burton. He kind of like lit up a little bit, got a little more excited. He had a bigger smile on his face when he was talking about Trey Burton because he says this is exactly what the offense needs. Just seemed like he was just so high on the sign. Like this was this was the guy that he really wanted and he was able to land him, which is really good. Mm -hmm. And this is another player, too, in Burton who admitted, you know, hey, I can do a lot of different things. I'm a versatile player, and I'm also willing to do whatever it's asking me to go ahead and for the betterment of the team to go out there and win games on Sundays. And a story that I want to kind of touch on, too, was when he was talking about when he first came into Philadelphia as an undrafted rookie. He said that the Eagles were the only team that even contacted him coming out of college. And when he got there, he was the sixth tight end on the depth chart. And one of his coaches kind of pulled him aside and was like showing him the depth chart. It's like, this is where you are now. Do you see yourself working your way up to be a number one starter? How can you do that? And just kind of like getting his mind rolling, like trying to show him like, hey, you need to do some other things if you're going to become a starter in this league. You can't just go out there and catch passes. You have to become a blocker. You have to contribute on special teams. And so for those things, I mean, we've talked about how Burton, he's a guy who's always made the most of his opportunities when he was in Philadelphia. And so when he comes here to Chicago and he says he's grateful and excited about this opportunity, I don't have any doubts that he's going to go out there and make the most of this one as well. And again, another guy who wants to go out there and win, and he just really wants to fit in with this team and be part of the tight end group. Nick, I know uh, you didn't get to watch the press conference, but just knowing his work ethic, seeing how excited he is for this opportunity, how does that kind of you know feel uh, hearing that, number one, and how should Bears fans kind of take that? I think Bears fans are going to love Trey Burton, especially with a guy being undrafted. And you'd, like you said, being number six on the you know depth chart, a guy that's had to work his way up. Chicago, once he starts producing here, fans, he he might be a fan favorite, no doubt, just because of his story, his background, and what he's able to do that, you know, that start from the bottom, kind of work your way up. People love that. And I know that he's just going to work his tail off when he, you know, training camp starts, uh, earning that chemistry with Mitch Trubisky and the entire offense. But yeah, Bears fans should be really excited. You have a young, versatile tight end who has, again, worked his way up and now is going to be in an offense that caters to his ability like he was in Philadelphia. It's exciting for Trey Burton. I'm really happy he got this contract. I'm really happy that he's with Chicago. He said he actually anticipates knowing about 95% of the playbook by the time everything's uh, the playbook's established, we get into OTAs and training camps. So that just shows you uh, just how much he's at least anticipating it being similar to what he had under Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. And Brandon, did you catch the fun little moment I noticed at least when they were talking about, uh, hey, have you talked to Tariq Cohen yet about those trick plays? And he's like, huh, is that the guy who, uh, is that the guy who throws the ball in those trick plays? And like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, I seen that. Then I seen they kind of took it to Twitter, and Tree was like, "Yep, got to warm up the arm." <laughs> then did you see Cam? Well, Mitch Trubisky put a little three emojis with just laughing face, and right. then Cam Meredith came in. Well, he's like, "Well, you know, I started that, right?" So that's <laughs> everyone, everyone's going to be throwing the ball in Chicago, apparently.
Well, that's kind of nice, right? No one's even going to know who's going to throw the ball now. If someone gets, if someone gets a, you know, a, a lateral, they can fire that thing down. We have Trey Burton who can throw, Cohen who can throw, Meredith who can throw. Wow. I didn't even put all that together. That's, that's unique. I mean, of course, we're not going to go out there and do a million trick plays, but the it'd be potential cool to there. Double reverse flea flicker, though. Double reverse flea flicker. Week one. We don't know the opponent, but let's do it. <laughs> Very first play of the season. Like, let's just go all out for it. Right. But, all right. Anything else on Burton B? Uh, nothing else really to add. Uh, just the one takeaway was that he was just, like you said, anticipating to know a lot of the playbook and seeing a lot of the potential with the players that are going to fit the system like he did in Philadelphia. Exactly. All right, so let's go ahead and transition and talk about Turbo, who called Nagy a doctor at getting people open and is a smooth dude and liked his swag. And on top of that, he looked up Trubisky's highlights on YouTube just to see what he was getting with his new quarterback, you know, Taylor Gabriel. Interesting character. Seems like it's going to be a lot of fun to have on his team, a, a fun personality. And, you know, he's vocal on Twitter. He seems like he, I mean, he started the whole press conference like, hey, can you see me? And like, was trying to like move the microphones down. Something, Nick, I know you would have to do too if you're standing up at the podium. <laughs> Probably. But, but uh, B, I want to go to you first. Uh, it doesn't need to be a top takeaway, but what's something you want to mention? Uh, something that I've mentioned just throughout the entirety of the show so far, uh, just how important Trubisky and Matt Nagy are because he said a couple of times throughout the, the presser that it's a no-brainer that he wanted to play under Matt Nagy. Just the creativeness that he brings. He wants to bring that explosiveness. He's just really excited to bring that in the different dimensions to his game. And then he talked about uh, after the week one when they played uh, against the Bears and he said, oh, that you know we didn't get to see Trubisky play because that other quarterback was playing, which I thought was funny. He didn't even mention Glennon's name. Uh, but he said after he, you know, they talked after the game and just said he's just a very confident guy. Not someone that he wanted to be around and play with. So I thought that was uh, just two very interesting tidbits that Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky are just really huge selling points for this team. I know it's pretty. It's a lot of fun to have selling points yes. on this team in free agency. It really is, and it just shows you what kind of respect these two are having around the entire NFL. But something that he mentioned is that he watched, you know, Kansas City's offense and saw just how open Tyreek Hill was, how he was utilized, continually open, and he kind of wants to do the same thing here in Chicago. Nick, do you see the comparison? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I made that comparison on the last uh, mm -hmm. show that we were on. But, yeah, I think Taylor Gabriel, seeing what Tariq Hill could do, and obviously Tariq Cohen is also there, you know, send him deep. Hopefully he gets open the uh, double team towards Allen Robinson. You're going to leave, you know, um, Taylor Gabriel one-on-one -on -one with a guy, and if he just outruns him, there he is. I mean, that's a big play opportunity right there. But Are I have sure no you watch the press conference. That's like I'm, almost exactly what he said. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I mean, it's funny that I, you guys mentioned that Taylor Gabriel watched the highlights of Trubisky. I hope he did that before signing. It would be weird. Like, oh, you know, I signed with Chicago. Now I'm going to watch the highlights. You should know who you're going to, uh, you know, essentially play with before you come to an organization. Like, oh, am I just going to play with Trubisky? I know nothing True. about it. I think him, he you know? watched it before. I think okay. you're right. I think you watched it before. I should have probably noted that as well. And speaking of these two, uh, they're texting, and his first question for Mitch was like, hey, how's your deep ball? And Mitch responded <laughs> with, are you still fast? Oh, yeah. That's exciting <laughs> stuff right there. It really is. And in, on top of this, uh, Gabriel, he mentioned how he likes to create matchup problems. And again, I apologize that I'm going to say it's something we talked about in the last show, but uh, it's kind of cool to see two days later just how much uh, these players are talking and how much it echoes or mirrors or is similar to things that we talked about on this show. Uh, he uh, kind of mentioned that he likes to take those short little screens for those touchdowns. He can take the top off of those defenses, take attention away from guys like Allen Robinson, a Trey Burton, a Cameron Meredith, a Tariq Cohen, a Jordan Howard. He says he thrives off that kind of stuff. He's like, I don't care if I'm going to get the ball. If I'm 
you know, taking attention away from the other playmakers. I'm making this offense better. I'm making this team better. I'm putting my offense in a better position to succeed, go down there and score points. That gets me, that gets me really excited. Number one, and it should get you excited. Number two and number three, again, another guy who's going to be not just a great player. It seems like in this offense, but a good or a great teammate. And it goes back to the press conferences pace had, I think at the combine talking about, free agency. We want to bring in not just the right players, but the right people. And when you're listening to all these players talk, you can really tell that the Bears, there's a theme around them. They're all just great people off the field as well. B, any other final thoughts on Turbo? You said that his role is quote-unquote athlete, so meaning that he can play anywhere, which will be really interesting to see how that plays out in this creative offense that Nagy's got. Exactly. It's like kind of like playing that old NCAA football game and you're recruiting kids out of high school and they just have that. They don't have a position. They're athletes. Right. Bring them in. Do what you want with them. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, I liked it, too. Again, he mentioned he likes to play inside and outside. And I just expect the Bears to just do so many different things with all these uh, variety of targets they now have to play with. All right. So let's move right along to our kicker. I know the big one. Uh, Parky, he began by stating that special teams coordinator Chris Tabor being here was a huge factor since the two did work together in Cleveland. He mentioned that Tabor knows what he's good at, what he needs to improve on, and that led to an instant confidence factor coming to Chicago. B, over to you. Thoughts on Parky? I think it's cool that he grew up a Bears fan. He grew up in Naperville, uh, so naturally he was a Bears fan being around the Chicagoland area. Oh, and hold remember, on real quick. Hold on. I do believe he was talking about his dad who grew up in Naperville, and then his dad was a Bears fan. Oh, okay. I probably misheard that then. because It's okay. I, I just want to make sure we're being uh, – that's how at least I took it. Um, you, we can go back and review the tape. Nick, yeah. you, I wish you could be a tiebreaker here, but too bad. <laughs> so if anyone Sorry. live is listening, let us know. Uh, but other than that, I've never heard anyone take so much pride in their onside kicks. Yes. That was funny. It was. He's like, you know, I'm not just a field goal kicker. I take pride in my kickoffs, uh, also in my onside kicks. Um, and he also mentioned that he has experience in those pressure situations, cold weather. Uh, so a lot of interesting things. He did seem like he took pride in his craft. And something I wanted to bring up was that just the Bears being committed on a long-term deal said it meant a lot to him, which honestly makes a lot of sense because kickers, especially ones going to a new team, you know, a lot of teams have a revolving door kicker like we've had over the past couple of years. They don't usually get those long-term deals right off the bat. So for the Bears to go out there, show them confidence, show them that long-term deal, I believe that's going to not only raise his level of confidence, but also kind of like, you know, take the you know, the pressure off just a little bit. Of course, as a kicker, you want a little bit of that pressure, but like he doesn't need to like be peeking over his shoulder. He can like know that this is his spot. He can go out there and perform. Uh, he also talked about how much work he puts in on the off season. He always strives to do his best and he hopes to be here for a long time and put together the kind of success like Robbie Gold had. He made sure to mention that he knows like, Gold is like an all-time great. It's just something he can aspire towards. Um, but yeah, just a lot of interesting tidbits from the Bears kicker. Be anything else? Yeah, just keeping on the Robbie Gold thing, he goes, if Robbie Gold can kick like he did in Soldier Field, then I don't know why I can't do it either. Someone asked him about the cold weather kicking, and he made that comparison to Robbie Gold. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, good confidence, right? Like if someone can do it, he's like, you know, it's not impossible. I can figure this right. out. And he even mentioned like he'll be going there kicking before the first game because he wants to get used to the turf, used to the atmosphere, the wind, how it swirls around inside of Soldier Field. So all good stuff. All right, so Nick, you mentioned on the last podcast that he had zero field goals between zero and 19 yards, right? I did. Did you know it's impossible to kick a field goal less than 17 yards? Uh, now I do. 
<laughs> well, you got to think, right? They're seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and 10 yards in the in the end zone to add on top of it. So even if you're going to kick a field goal from the zero yard line, that's still 17 yards. So that's why he probably just hasn't taken those chances because most teams in those situations would probably just go for it if you're within five yards or less. So that's probably yeah. why you're seeing the zero uh, attempts from zero to 19. That makes sense. John's right upon it. Yep, someone mentioned it on Twitter today, and I thought about it uh, a little bit after our show, and I actually had it in my notes, like, hey, I need to let these guys know. Like, it dawned on me, like, 20 minutes after the podcast, like, wait, seven, 19 yards, that's pretty darn close. So, like, <laughs> like two yards away, that's like an extra old school extra point. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a insight into why he had a, he's zero for zero from that super short range. It just makes a lot of sense when you kind of think about it. All right. Last up, let's talk about the new quarterback in town, who, by the way, he's super keen, very well-spoken. And one of the last things he said is the one that made me say out loud to myself, bingo, that's why he's here, is that's when he mentioned the fact that he has a reputation for being the smartest quarterback in any room that he's been a part of, and that his number one job is to get Mitch ready. Nick, I know we've talked about that a little bit more, but that not exactly what you want to hear out of your backup quarterback? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's what I obviously he's not going to you don't want to see him playing in, you know, meaningful games because Mitch is, you know, you don't want anything to happen to Mitch. But hearing that he's been proclaimed as the smartest guy in the room, that's exactly what you need, especially coming from, you know, offenses that Matt Nagy has worked with, Doug Peterson's worked with. He's been with Drew Brees. That's exactly what Mitch needs. Someone who has an intellectual mind to just give his insight, like I was saying earlier. So, yeah, it's great that Chase Daniels, uh, you know, has that background. It can definitely utilize that to help Mitch moving forward. Yes. What about you, B? Anything on Chase Daniel that you want to go ahead and bring up? He's a, like you say, he's very well spoken. I've never been so captivated by a guy who's going to be a backup quarterback. Uh, but he says that Matt Nagy's very relatable, at least to him anyway, because he played quarterback and being an aggressive, aggressive play caller and being around uh, his system before. It's just very uh, exciting uh, that Mitch is going to have this guy who's got the experience of playing in a, in his system already to help build him and hopefully accelerate his learning process a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, and he talked about how hard of a worker he is. He prepares like a starter each week, and he legitly looks forward to helping Mitch along, getting him acclimated in this offense. I think he came into Chicago knowing that's his job, of course, and he actually looks forward to doing that. He believes in Trubisky. He's a lot of talent in him. He believes in Coach Negi and what he's doing and the offense that he puts together, and he wants to be the man behind the man. And that's exactly what we want out of our backup quarterback. We talked about it, about Mark Sanchez, um, how much uh, all of all, all of last season, just how impactful he was in the quarterback room and how much he can kind of be that player coach you know Daniel in many ways is going to be the same exact thing if not even better now with this new system with with Nagy as well and he mentioned you know he's comfortable with coach Nagy uh that the majority of the players and this is something I want to mention that he mentioned that the majority of the players on offense uh not knowing this system is actually a good thing which had my ears perking up a little bit when I heard that but it makes sense because he says that way allows them to get back to the basics, the details that allow the system to be so successful and to really focus on those little things. And again, attention to detail is something that Coach Nagy said his very first day as the Chicago Bears head coach. So it's kind of nice to hear his backup quarterback saying the same exact things. So again, you know, this the offense is he also mentioned that the offense puts a lot on the quarterback, that the quarterback needs to have a brain, and he believes that Mitch is 100 percent ready for this task. So a lot of confidence from Daniel to Trubisky, uh, from Daniel into with his head coach, Coach Nagy, and honestly, just very exciting things. I didn't think I'd be this excited about a backup quarterback, but hey, he said all the right things, and 
I mean, you look at his track record, his tenure, where he was. Again, he didn't play a lot. We'll talk a little bit more about him later on in the show. But in terms of being the backup quarterback, the man behind the man, I'm very excited for. And fun fact, guys, his uh, family's dog's name between him and his wife, it's name, his name is Bear. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Almost like too perfect, right? Yeah. All right, B, any final thoughts on Daniel? Uh, speaking of Twitter banter, because we were talking about it earlier with uh, Trey Burton, I've seen Kyle Long tweeted at Chase Daniel saying, thanks for being on the team. I can go back to being young again. <laughs> yeah, and that was pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, and he was talking about, like, you guys are pretty active up here on Twitter, and that's how he learned that he was the oldest man on the team, which is pretty funny when you think about it. And I'm going to have to self say something here. He did follow the Bears Brothers Twitter account today, earlier today, nice. which is very exciting. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are writers. I've uh, been saying slide into those DMs. I may. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna be patient here. I don't want to push the envelope too much. He's just getting settled. But yeah, that was pretty interesting when I saw that notification come in. But all right, that's gonna do it for this discussion of the press conference. Now let's go ahead and move forward with the talk a little bit more about Chase Daniel, as we didn't get to in our last episode. Now coming in as a clear backup quarterback, I don't think we need to dive in as deep into the specifics as we did with the other four players, and we've already talked about him uh, for a good chunk of this show already. But he's someone that we should use talk about just a little bit more because he's going to play that vital role. We've already talked about it. He's going to be the person to really elevate the success level of our franchise guy in Trubisky. And guys, I want to begin like we have with the other guys. What's your initial reaction? Because mine was that this signing was one that just made too much sense with Daniel's, you know, his connection to Pace, his connection to Coach Nagy, plus his familiarity with the system. Nick, I'm going to go to you. Initial reaction on Chase Daniel. Well, I know I've had Chase Daniel in somewhere in my notes uh, for some time now. Like, this is a guy, if the Bears wanted to go get a veteran quarterback, he'd make sense just because of where he's been and who he's worked with. So when I heard that he, the Bears assigned uh, him, I wasn't shocked or anything. I knew that this was a move that they got him, you know, just in case, you know, God forbid anything happens to Mitch, you know, you can put him in, but you don't want that to be essentially to happen. But he's also a guy that can mentor him. So it wasn't, uh, you know, overly excited or anything like that. I knew um, he was a guy that the Bears would probably look into. So, yeah, it was a good move by the Bears. You need to have these veterans on the team just in case anything does happen. Yeah, for me, it wasn't like I was jumping around the room. It was more like that movie Dodgeball with the Chuck Norris with the thumbs up, you know, just the, ah, like that's how I felt about this move. It was just like, there we go. We got our guy. Let's move on. But, uh, B, how about you? What was your initial reaction? I can't believe you guys weren't jumping for joy because that means Mike Glennon had to go somewhere else, and he did. And and he that was, was going somewhere else anyway. Well, yeah, but that was just kind of my first thought that that kind of was the the seal of the deal that Mike Glennon's out the door. So overall That's happy. It. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, there's not much more you can say like, hey, Mike Glennon's gone. I'm happy. And everyone listening is probably nodding. They're ready. Yep. Yep. Totally agree yeah. with you there, Brandon. All right. So we talked about the things that he brings to the table, right? That presence in the quarterback room. And again, familiarity with the system. He knows how to be a backup. He knows how to prepare like a starter as well. But Coach Nagy bringing him back. Ryan Pace, who uh, he's uh, Daniel, he's had two stints with the Saints. One when Ryan Pace was there and one just last season. So I want to know for both of them to kind of come to an agreement because Pace said, like, these are the guys that we all wanted to bring in. What does that kind of tell you of Daniel? The fact that both Nagy and Ryan Pace, who've worked with them uh, independently, wanted to bring them back together. Nick? Uh, that he's a high character, you know, has a high character. I mean, that's what this organization really has brought here into Chicago. A lot of players that are renowned as being, you know, not just good players, but good teammates. And I think that's what Chase Daniel is. And that's why Pace and Negi were like, Hey, let's, we have to bring him. We have to make uh Chicago bear this season. So I think that uh, really shows out when, why uh, Pace and Negi would decide to bring him here. And then obviously, like we've been saying, 
He he has that familiarity with you know the offenses. With I mean, the Saints were a very aggressive team, and that's what we expect the Bears' offense to be too. So again, he can help in that aspect. But yeah, just a good character guy to just bring on the team. Be anything else you want to add there? Good character guy, and I think that Pace and Nagy both know that if he prides himself on being the smartest quarterback in the room, as much film as he claims that he watches, this is a guy that they want to help build up Mitch. So there were a lot of good, a lot of good qualities that he has that are going to be good for this quarterback room. No doubt about it. So yes, again, he's here to be another mentor for Trubisky expedite his acclimation into this offense. And that's all great. It really is. But what if the unthinkable happens and he needs to take over this offense? Some fans, you know, they may be weary that he's only been in the league. Well, he's been in the league since 2010, but he's only thrown 78 passes. He's completed 65% of those 480 yards, one touchdown. Uh, does that lack of on-field experience, guys, leave you a little bit maybe anxious? And I want to note here during the press conference, he did say that in the two games that he started, quote-unquote, nobody has gotten hurt. B, how about you? Yeah, it makes me a little anxious because you can take as many mental reps as you want, but how well does it translate onto the field? And he says that he doesn't turn the ball over, and I haven't looked up his stats uh, recently. Uh, but if that's the case, then that's okay because that's kind of all his role is as a backup is just kind of make the offense function and roll. And I don't want to say necessarily go through the motions, but as long as he's not turning the ball over, that's something that always kind of makes you cringe when a backup quarterback gets in there. Yep, no doubt. What about you, Nick? You know, it doesn't really concern me too much because we saw Glennon play and he did have some experience and you saw what that translated to on the field. It was god awful. So with Daniels coming in, it can't be worse. I don't think it could be worse, but I mean, I guess, well, we don't want to see that. But I, I mean, I guess not having as much reps, it's a tad bit concerning, but I don't think it can be worse than Mike Glenn. So how important is it that he knows the system already? I mean, that's, that's, that a, huge. yeah. I mean, that's, if he does have to play, it's not a guy that's just being kind of thrown out there. Like, okay, just don't mess up. You know, you'll know the plays where, where the ball needs to go, what the route concepts are. So at least he knows that, but we're just banking on that. He doesn't have to be in those situations really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly like i said if the unthinkable happens i don't even want to say those words out loud so yeah yeah that's all i'm going to say on that and moving on we have another player that we really didn't get to prepare for because it happened legitly minutes before we went live the bears came to an agreement with an edge defender from san francisco his name's aaron lynch and if the name sounds familiar it's because well i mentioned him last week as a player that i might see uh like the bears to go ahead and go and pursue bring to chicago and here he is uh just to reiterate some things that i mentioned about him uh he had about six and a half sacks his first year, six in his second. That might be flip-flops. Regardless, 12 and a half sacks his first two seasons. Uh, his rookie year, he was with Vic Fangio, and then he's kind of fallen off a cliff. He's only had about two and a half sacks over his last two seasons combined, but he is 25. He has a bunch of role tools. He has the length, the speed, the athleticism that you want from your edge defenders. He's 6'6". He did show the ability to be a solid run defender last season. And again, he had a decent season under Vic Fangio. So maybe Fangio's that guy who can kind of like revitalize his career and kind of kind of mold that raw talent that he is. I mean, I think it's possible, but B, I'm going to go to you first. I know we haven't had a lot of time to kind of like soak it in. So this is a true initial reaction of Aaron Lynch. Uh, I had to. I was looking at a stat line here. So initially, you know, I thought, okay, good, because we need a pass rusher. And you look at his size, he's 6'5", uh, 250 pounds. So he's he's got good size to him. Uh, and the reason he only had two and a half sacks the last two seasons is because he's played in 14 games combined the last two seasons. Yeah. And I saw that too. He came to training camp last year, about 30 pounds overweight. So it again, I know the 49ers, they've been going through their transition as well. And he's gone through that whole ordeal over there. But 
Uh, Nick, I want to know with Vic Fangio and them kind of like reuniting. Number one, uh, I want to know Aaron Lynch and Fangio coming back together. Of course, Fangio had to be in Pace's ear, like, hey, bring me Aaron Lynch. I worked with him before. Do you think that was the case here? Oh, I think so. And especially since the Bears, you know, uh, didn't weren't able to retain Mitch Unright. So now you need someone who can essentially f- play that role because now the Bears are just lacking pass rush. They need to get somebody who can go after the quarterback, stop the run. And Aaron Lynch being a guy that Vic Fangio has um, had some experience working with and had some success in that rookie season, like you said, it, it did make sense. And the Bears needed to make a move. There aren't a lot of good run-stopping uh, edge defenders right now in this free agency class, but this is a guy who's still young, who has been injured, but if he could just overcome those injuries, hopefully he can have that success that Vic Fangio had with him you know, in that rookie season, and especially with Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, that can probably take the pressure off. Maybe this, you know, Aaron Lynch can maybe win those one-on-one matchups and get back to being a healthy, productive player for the Bears. So it just made sense because with Mitch Unrein gone, even though he's undervalued, underrated, you know, he did have a better season last season. And now you bring in Aaron Lynch to hopefully kind of play that role just to help out this this defense that's lacking those edge rushers. Yeah, I'm actually very intrigued to see where he's going to end up. Is he going to be a hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy, that defensive end playing that five-tech, or is he going to be a you know a stand-up outside linebacker? Because I, I know he can do both. He's listed as a defensive end under San Francisco. Uh, but at 6'6", his size, uh, which is, you know, what, 250, like Brandon said, when he is actually at his playing weight, that's someone who can go out there too and be a stand-up rusher. So, again, I know the Bears, like versatile players, can do a little bit of both, but I'm intrigued, again, this happened minutes before we went live, so I haven't been able to even watch him play. So I couldn't really tell you exactly how he can fit, but I I anticipate it being a little maybe a little bit of both. I but I'm intrigued to see where he kind of falls in line in this defense because at defensive end you also have John Bullard, Roy Robertson, Harris, guys that we're hoping can take those next steps. But Aaron Lynch, I think he's going to be a guy to come in and hopefully Vic Fangio can kind of mold him into something that we saw a few seasons ago there in San Francisco. And uh, B, I want to go to you. If he can get him back to maybe that six sack number, how impactful would that be for the Bears? Kind of comparing the team from last year and kind of projecting out this defense uh, coming up in 2018, which that secondary pretty much thing intact. Right. I think it's uh, important if we can at least get him back to that six sack number because, um, I mean, Mitch Enron didn't get six sacks. So that we're just having added pressure, even if it's Roy Robertson Harris or John Bullard who ends up playing in the end. We at least now have a pass rusher opposite of Leonard Floyd as much as we just resigned Sam Macho, but he wasn't much of a pass rusher. So now we at least have two respected pass rushers on each edge with Akeem Hicks and either John Bullard or Roy Robertson Harris along with Akeem Hicks on the front line. So those are, well, there's at least respectable guys up front paired with the secondary as the way it's shaped right now. I think they will be in pretty good shape again. Nick, I know we just got Lynch, but do you think Ed Rusher is still uh, the biggest need on this entire team? That or, I mean, because they haven't addressed guard. We don't have that left guard right now. So it's either one of the, one of the two. But um, uh, yeah, Ed Rusher, I still think is going to be either drafted in that first round, maybe the second round, but they're going to they're gonna definitely address that position early on in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's still the biggest need personally. I believe you can still find a serviceable guard later on throughout either free agency. You can still do it in the draft as well. But, you know, we found Josh Sitton, you know, pretty much falling in our laps. Uh, so I'm, maybe Pace is going to wait for something like that. Of course, he will have a backup plan in place. But again, it's someone that maybe that's going to be the case here. But I think edge rusher overall is the biggest thing this team needs, especially with that secondary, which we're going to talk about in a minute because we have a couple of re-signings that we need to mention. But uh, before we get into those re-signings, I want to take a quick timeout here and let you know or remind you, if you haven't heard yet, about our free Bears jersey giveaway. 
That's right. We're going to be giving away a free beard jersey to one lucky listener. And all you have to do to enter this contest is pretty simple. Just leave this review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Um, if you don't listen to our podcast uh, via either of those platforms and you have an iTunes account, I highly encourage you just to sign in real quick. Uh, leave us a rating. Make sure to leave your Twitter handle in it. And if you don't have a Twitter, just email us. Uh, shoot us a message on Facebook. or tw- Well, if you Twitter, you won't have a message us on Twitter. But uh, if you don't have a Twitter account, just find a way to reach out to us. Say, hey, this is my review. We'll make sure to add you to it. And once we reach 200 reviews on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, we're going to go ahead and give away a free jersey. When we started this, we had barely over 100. And right now we're at 158 last time I checked. So we're very close. Only about 40 shy away. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. I'm getting a free Bears jersey. And if you want an alternate way to do this, like if there's no way you can review our show on iTunes, just leave it on Facebook. We have a section on our Facebook page where reviews can be submitted. And if you do that over there as well, uh, we will definitely include you in this giveaway. I think we have over 20 reviews over there. So all 20 of you are included and anyone else doing that in the future will be included in this giveaway too. So yeah, once we reach 200 reviews on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, we'll give away a free Bears jersey of your choice to one lucky listener. All right, getting back to it. The Bears have officially re-signed three players in Prince of Mugamara, Sam Macho, and Bradley Sal. And they've also tendered restricted free agents, Cameron Meredith, Bryce Callahan, and of course, everybody, at least they should be, aware that they placed that transition tag on Kyle Fuller. Guys, out of the three that have officially been re-signed, I want to know uh, which one of these returnees is your favorite and which one maybe took you by the most surprise. And of course, that can be the same player. And Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, the one that I really like is Sam Macho. I think this is a guy who's worked his tail off here in Chicago, did whatever was asked of him in that defense, even playing a starting role when, you know, he's not typically the starter and doing a sufficient job at that. Um, the Bears obviously have a lack of playmakers, a lack of really players at the outside linebacker position. So just to seeing him back, earning that contract for two years, is great to see. I think his uh, brother actually announced the contract, and that's how, you know, uh, Bears fans were knew that, um, Sam Macho is coming back. So I'm really happy that the Bears brought him back. Macho, Macho, man. <laughs> All right, what about you, B? Uh, I'm happy that uh, Prince of Mukamara is back. Uh, I mean, he played pretty well last year. There were times where he's falling behind his guy or he just had nails in his feet and he's getting holding calls. Uh, but for the most part, teams tried to pick on Kyle Fuller, which means Prince of Mukamara pretty much had his guy locked down. So I thought, you know, he could be upgraded with Tremaine Johnson. Uh, but for the right price, if they're confident in Mukamara, I'm pretty glad that he's back. Which one, uh, B, which one was maybe your biggest surprise to come back? Uh, Bradley Saul on the two-year deal. Uh, I thought of all the backup offensive linemen, I didn't think that he was aggressive or mean enough necessarily to earn the two-year deal. Uh, I mean, if they'd have brought him back on one year, I'd be like, okay, he's just another depth piece. But for two years, that kind of really took me by surprise. Nick, how much do you think that can be? Uh, of course, I mean, Nagy comes in with a new system. You bring in Harry for the offensive line coach. Do you think that they took a look at the roster, uh, they watched the tape, and he's like, you know what? Uh, I just don't think, you know, Bradley, he was put in a position to succeed, and he actually believes that there's at least some talent there to be a decent, you know, in-depth piece at 
the offensive line. Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, with him, he can he has played tackle and he's played guard, so he is pretty versatile in that sense. And he's you know three hundred six seven three hundred fifteen pounds. He's a big dude. So I think um, you know maybe with this new offense, I know that. Negi and Harry, I said they're going to want guys that are more of that athletic kind of type that can get out in space, get those blocks essentially down the field. Um, but yeah, I think this this move is basically Negi and Helfrich. You know, all the, the offensive minded guys think that he can do a little bit more and, you know, put, get, put him in the right position because I think, he, you know, he moved around a little bit. If you put him in the right position, maybe, you know, he can be a versatile guy that can just come in and play for you and hopefully you you don't have too much of a drawback because he's not essentially a starter. But uh, it was surprising to see him back. I mean, we just, we didn't, I guess we didn't see enough of Bradley Saul to think, okay, he's a guy that the Bears need to bring back. But uh, with them missing, you know, sitting, gonna kind of have to have guys there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I want to kind of move on here to those, you know, tendered, restricted free agents. And of course, Kyle Fuller, because there's no guarantee that any of those players are going to return because, you know, teams can still offer them contracts. The Bears have the right to match those offers, but at the same time, they don't have to do it. So I want to know, is there any one of those players that maybe you're worried about not coming back at this point, Nick? Um, I'm not too worried about Kyle Fuller. I think Meredith will be back. I think Callahan's the guy. Um, if a team offers him a good amount of money, the Bears, you know, are just like, you know, we just can't do that. I mean, um, he's been a good player for us, but I don't know if we're willing to spend that much. I hope that isn't the case, but he's a guy that when he's in that nickel position, he's pretty darn good at it. He will lock, you know, opposing uh, receivers down, whatever it is. Um, that's a guy that I hope, you know, no team really outbids the Bears for it because that's a guy that I want to have back. I don't like Craven LeBlanc there playing the nickel. I'd rather have Bryce Callahan. And, you know, in his career, he's gotten better at each of his statistics, being on the field more, having more pass breakups, having more interceptions. So that's a guy I hope to bring back, but is one that teams will probably look to go and get. Yeah, no, definitely. His play has been trending in the right direction, especially last year. He took a big leap forward, uh, holding down that nickel spot all season long. But what about you, B? Anyone else, or is it Callahan for you as well? It was Callahan for me as well. We've just really watched him grow up really in front of our eyes uh, when you think about it. I mean, he came in, he wasn't really all that great. I, I remember you and me, Will, kind of having this conversation, kind of like, um, you know, and I think SI had him uh, after his rookie year is rated like the seventh best uh, nickel cornerback. We kind of were like, what? Uh, and then, like, he came out and just was a way more aggressive, really stuck to his guys really well. And aside from injuries, I mean, this is a guy that I would really love to have, really love to have back because he's just been that impactful of a, a nickel corner. Mm -hmm, no doubt about it. Guys, anything else you want to mention about these players? Because obviously we're running a little bit short on time here, and we already know what we're getting at all these guys who are coming back. We've talked about them not just all of last season, but all of the last offseason. We talked about them already throughout the State of the Franchise episodes, of course, earlier this offseason as well. So anything else you want to mention about these guys? Nick, I'll let you begin. No, I mean, I think, you know, obviously our fans know who these guys are. We know who these guys are, and we know why Pace and, you know, this organization decided to bring these guys back, and hopefully the unrestricted guys do come back. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, again, we, we're all pretty concerned. Not concerned, but think if one of the guys that doesn't make it back might be Callahan, hopefully that's just not the case. Yeah. What about you, B? Another guy that I had uh, as a potential worry is Cameron Meredith because I don't think he's going to uh, cost a whole lot. As far as teams that kind of want to match an offer, kind of like, well, he had one good year and he's had the injury year last year, you know, we'll kind of offer him this and kind of see what it takes. I wonder how much the Bears, you know, would would match. You know what I'm saying? 
No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like the Callahan situation. If someone goes out and offers a big, a way, you know, a bigger payday that anyone was anticipating just to throw money out there, it would be interesting for the Bears because they're being very active spenders right now. And there's only so much money to go around. So it'd be interesting. I hope and I believe they'll find whatever it, whatever it takes to bring back Meredith. He's a big receiver. I think he can hold down that number two spot opposite of Allen Robinson like no other. And I'm very excited to see what he can do. Uh, but yeah, and I, you know, Nagy uh, saw what Meredith can do too against Kansas City a couple seasons ago as well. He had that big game against them with Jay Cutler at quarterback. So for me, uh, hopefully Meredith is definitely stays put. But the only thing I wanted to mention is that the Bears, if they can find a way to make sure to keep that cornerback trio together, Fuller, Amukamara, Callahan, and just if they do, just expect another solid season from that group, if not a better one, right? I mean, another year of Fangio, another year of chemistry and communication established between the two. That trust factor is there. And don't forget about that duo on the back end, right? You have Amos, Eddie Jackson. And I want to know, can anyone find out listening? I don't think you guys know off the top of your head because I don't even know. I haven't had time to do some research. But what's the last time that we brought back all five starters in the secondary for two straight seasons? It's been a real long time. And if we could find a way to do it, it would be huge because there's the communication, the trust, all of that, all those small things that go into a secondary uh, being that cohesive unit, knowing when to you know send guys off to the safety, knowing when to pick up other things. It's big, and I think if the Bears can find a way to keep it intact, it would just take that defense up just another step compared to what it was even a season ago. All right, guys, any final thoughts about this Bears team that you want to share before we sign off? It's been a heck of a week. B? It has been a heck of a week. I'm excited to see what else happens. Uh, I mean, this is only day two. Excited to see what days three and four bring. No kidding. It's been It's been busy. It's been real busy, but I'm not complaining. I don't think anyone else at home is either. What about you, Nick? The Bears are definitely trending in the right direction. I'm not expecting, I guess, big moves to happen, especially day three. Day one's where you see those, obviously, the bigger names. makes sense. But uh, I think to answer your question about the secondary coming in tech, I'm trying to think, maybe, probably like Tim Jennings, Charles Tillman, Major Wright, and like Chris Conte one year. They must have come back all like... Yeah, you know, that was the last group I was Probably the too. last one. But uh, yeah, that's... Well, uh, hopefully the Bears have a group that, you know, does consistently come back, even though I've expressed my, my opinions on Prince and Mukamura. But... I guess right now he'll fulfill the the, the need, I guess, at the opposite cornerback position of uh, Kyle Fuller. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. That's He's, it. That's it. Hey, <laughs> maybe he will. Hopefully. Nice. Yeah. Alrighty, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show, and I want to thank each and every one of you who are currently watching live, and to those who watched a replay of the broadcast, and of course, a thank you to each and every one of our thousands of podcast listeners as well. We would not be here without for you. We really do appreciate each and every single one of you fellow Bears fans who are taking the time to listen to our show. So we're going to be back next week, but until then, I hope you enjoy your weekend, and of course, Bear Down. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. 
Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.